When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Here we go. Jackson over the middle, caught by Hollywood Brown. See you later. Hollywood to the house. Jackson, the spin and toss. Ingram makes a man miss. Diving. Touchdown. Russell Wilson's first pass to Metcalf. And Metcalf had it, lost it, and is picked up by the Ravens. And running in is Marlon Humphrey for the touchdown. There's a second down and three. Jackson takes it himself. Look at him turn back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. Now he's got an entourage. And he's got a touchdown. He is Houdini. What a play. 47 yard. Touchdown run by the magical quarterback, Lamar Jackson. Hello and welcome to another episode of Pod Like a Raven. We are in the end of June, the uh, the dog days of the NFL season. But we have a fun episode for you guys today. Uh, this is something that we've talked about for, for weeks now and doing. And we've held off for, for just the right opportunity. And by opportunity, I mean a week without a lot of NFL news. We are going to draft our best Ravens teams, our best eight-player rosters, and then we're going to debate whose team is best. I'm Antonio Barbera, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, starting on the East Coast, Tim Horsey. Tim, I... Uh, I wasn't too excited about this episode, not particularly amped, and now I got my roster, I got my big board, got my rankings, and I'm, I'm jazzed up now for a little late June Ravens roster shuffling. How you doing? Yeah, I feel like a really dumb Eric DaCosta um, is, kind of, is kind of how I did this, and we'll get into it later in the show. Good, good teases, by the way, Antonio. I love a good tease. But I have my, my big board on my yellow uh, notepad that I always use for work. I have it broken down by position, and then I'm a master big board here. And you know what? I'm just going to follow it, just like the Ravens. Right player, right price. I'm going to get value all across the board. I'm excited to participate today. And joining on the West Coast, Jace Evans. Jace, how you doing? I'm doing great, Antonio. And I have to say, I got way too excited uh, this afternoon just compiling my list of names, you know, going back, uh, taking a jog through memory lane, if you will, about... Uh, 
great ravens past and this will stun you um my uh potential list for the defensive players i hit about 20 the rest i topped out about my top five for every other position so i'm ready i'm ready to talk with some classic ravens uh and yeah have some fun on this episode i'm looking forward to it we have just a couple of little news and notes to talk about relating to the ravens relating to the nfl all the news happening in other sports, the Euros progressing very nicely. I said two weeks ago that if Italy was still involved, I would have to bring them up for 10 seconds. And they are very much still involved. So uh, feeling very confident about them. France, you're listening to this on, on Tuesday, but France has just been eliminated from the Euros. So that path is, is getting sweet. So the Euros is happening. NBA in the conference finals, the hockey playoffs are happening, all the yep. stuff. Sweet. Stanley Cup final starts tonight as we record, Antonio. So with Delightful all of that, time. with all that, your pod like a Raven crew is going to look back at the Ravens Volt, the Ravens Greats, and we are going to do our own personal draft of who we think should be a, a, the best team, sort of the uh, the all Madden team of pod like a Raven drafting. But first, we're going to go through uh, just a couple of things here. And uh, boy, what a starter! Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna toss this to, to Tim pretty quickly here because uh, it's a calf off, Tim. It's it's a calf off or is it a calf off? What are it's we a doing? Ca- it's a calf off. It's calf off, calves off, whatever you want to call it. Um, I was really bored on Twitter on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday, and um, was just scrolling the timeline, and all of a sudden I came across uh, Evan at Evan the Voice on Twitter. Who uh, on his Twitter bio? I, I love this. He says he's from the People's Republic of Greenbelt, uh, Maryland. So shout out to this guy. And he ended up quote tweeting a picture from Nikki Bozeman. Who, if you don't know Nikki Bozeman, she's Bradley Bozeman's wife. They run the foundation together. Do they do a lot of good stuff to help out the community. But they're enjoying their vacation, and she just tweeted out a picture of her like reading a book on the beach, and Bradley Bozeman is in the background. Antonio's got his hand, head in his hand. Yeah, we're gonna take a walk here for a second. So this Evan uh, on Twitter just gets involved and just had a funny thing. He goes, today I learned that an NFL center and I have very similar calf builds. Nikki Bozeman, who, much like Bradley, is very active on Twitter. So they're like, oh, why not? Let's have a little fun. Tags her husband in the post. Said he would like to have a calf off. You first. Evan obliges. He takes a picture of his calf uh, and says, quote, don't mind the camp counselor attire. And then that Nikki responds with Bradley Bozeman's calf. And um, it is enormous, as you can expect for, you know, the Ravens starting center, you know, at, at this moment in time, I would say. So basically, Evan goes, well, I think I got humbly defeated. Thanks for the laugh. It's been a good, it's been a rough couple of days. I needed this. Have a great vacation, yada, yada, yada. And Bozeman replies, just appreciate the support, yada, yada, yada. Just a fun interaction with a fan on Twitter. You got to love this kind of stuff. So then Nikki Bozeman tweet, brings in. Our friend, my favorite, Mr. Patrick Ricard, and says, Pat Ricard said he wants to join the calf off. Evan, smartly, goes, I don't think I can compare to the people's fullback. This continues. I'm just reading through the thread. Pat Ricard then sends a, a video of him. And you, got, you have to go back to Twitter. A lot of it is at Pod Like a Raven, by the way, if you'd want to see it. Go check it out there and just please follow us. Uh, Pat Ricard takes a video saying, Oh, we're doing a calf off now and basically accepts the challenge. Zooms down, puts his phone down to his calves, and yeah, they're enormous. Uh, Evan responds, <laughs> it's really the camera work that makes it. Ricard kind of is going back and forth with them. They're, they're doing a little, they're just, 
basically going back and forth. A bunch of people are getting involved in this thread. So you kind of get, you lose it a little bit. But what happens is they involve Ben Cleveland. Somebody wanted Ben Cleveland in. And here we go. Um, I'm trying to find it now. Uh, ben Cleveland, sorry, yes. six foot six, uh, 300 and <laughs> pounds. Correct. Thank you. So basically uh, one of the other fans gets involved and just jumps in the thread and says, I think we need to see big countries. Ben Cleveland goes, give the people what they want. Enter the calf off. Pat Ricard goes, don't be a chicken. Big country. All right. All right. Give me about 30 minutes. Bradley Bozeman, literally 30 minutes later, tweets the Judge Judy gif at him. This is, I mean, this is my Saturday morning, by the way. Right before the Euros have started at noon, I have nothing going on in life at the moment. So Big Country then tweets out a video about 30 minutes later. Clearly just got a pump on. Clearly did leg day. And my word, they are enormous. Enter Pod Like a Raven's Twitter. I reply to that, dot, dot, dot. Looks like Big Country takes the... Hashtag calf off. I started the hashtag just saying nobody put a hashtag in front of it before that, at least not to my knowledge. If I missed it, my apologies. Pat Ricard then tweets at me at Pilot Raven and says, basically, you're wrong. So then I <laughs> just I, I had to let I had to give the people their opportunity to vote. So I put it to a poll on Twitter that lasted about a day. Who won the calf off after three hundred and seventy five votes? Nine percent for Bradley Bozeman. Thirty seven percent. For Big Country Ben Cleveland, making Pat Ricard our winner. And Pat remembered this because the next day he quote tweeted our tweet and said, The people of Twitter have spoken. I just want to thank my fans for this award. I truly wouldn't have done it without every single one of you. Better luck next time. Better start doing some extra calf raises, Bradley Bozeman and Ben Cleveland. So I just want to congratulate on this program right here the Patrick Ricard, the people's fullback, uh, people's sometimes nose guard as well wins the first ever Ravens calf off. That's magical. <laughs> Again, that, that bored, is... bored on Twitter. And I will say it's cool to see some of these guys getting involved with the fans. Like in a, on a very serious note, that, that is Pat Ricard's one of them. Bozeman's one of them. These guys who, you know, I'm sure like most professional athletes, they probably take a load of crap online that would honestly make me want to turn it off. But they had some fun with it and I'm glad they did. And I'm glad we could be a very, very small part of it. <laughs> So short, uh, and we talked about this little little pre-show, but short of me like asking for like foot picks and this getting like super weird, uh, Pat, you know Bradley, uh, Ben, Baltimore. If you guys want to come on, you know, come on, come on, pod like a raven. Talk about your uh, your successes. Talk talk about how you were slighted uh, in the calf off. We'd love to hear from you. And Pat, uh, if you if you want to talk more than football, Jason and I could talk to video games with you <laughs> all day. So like, you know what? Any questions about Warzone or what are we playing on the new Switch? Like, come on, like we we got you there. That's basically our other hobby outside of uh, making lists of Ravens players. <laughs> uh, yeah, in fact, the two things I've done today was pick up two new video games <laughs> and then make this list. So, uh, you know, we have hashtag Come to the Ravens. Now it's hashtag Come on Pod like a Raven. <laughs> Let's do it, people. The uh, the only other uh, note that we want to talk about here is some, and this is something that we that we will not have on Podlicker Raven, and that's Lamar slander. Uh, Jace, some media some media chatter about Lamar not ranking where he should in terms of uh, his abilities as a football player. This is Antonio, and if we're going to say this is what's bothering yes. Jace this yes. week um, when it comes to the Ravens, this is going to just. 
I think, be the off-season activity we do with Lamar Jackson forever. Unless he wins a Super Bowl this season, hopefully, or the next year, or the next year. I think it's even... If I had to guess, it's going to happen even after he wins the Super Bowl. Because they'll say, can he do it again? Was it a fluke? Etc. Etc. I don't understand almost any of the conversation that goes on around this guy. The the latest real kind of firestorm on Twitter, especially, um, that ignited this was Pro Football Focus. A site, I, you know, we've cited before. I, I, I enjoy. But... Some of their numbers sometimes, some of the things they do are baffling. Uh, if you saw their list where they ranked Allen Robinson the fifth best receiver in the NFL ahead of guys like Julio Jones, that was a confusing one. Um, but in their overall uh, top 50 players in the NFL, Lamar Jackson did not make this list of the 50 greatest players in the NFL. I think strange that Lamar Jackson was the 2019 NFL MVP unanimous uh, at that, um, and one of the guys uh, went uh, took to uh, NFL Network to kind of ex- uh, explain it, and he did say to his credit that Lamar's very special player, and that uh, the reason he, uh, you know, they didn't base it just on values. So some quarterbacks didn't make the list, and essentially what not knocked Lamar was his passing grade. Which, whatever. A guy threw 26 touchdowns last year, led the league with 36 the year before. I just, and it's not even so much pro football focus. It's just like, they're like, you know, tweet, and they've, they've, credit to them, cashed in on social media several times off of <laughs> leaving him outside of the top 50 with several tweets in the uh, intervening days since. Like one that's just, Lamar Jackson is the blank QB in the NFL, like top 10, top 20. And the number of people who do not think Lamar Jackson is a top two, 10 quarterback in the league is baffling to me. It's fine if you want to leave him outside the top five, I'll accept that. But this guy is a top 10 quarterback in this league. Yes, he's one in three in the playoffs. He's 24 years old. I just, <laughs> it drives me crazy. And then in tandem with this, uh, Bucky Brooks, also of NFL Network, ranked uh, Lamar and John Harbaugh as the second uh, uh, quarterback coach duo under the most pressure this season. He had uh, Sean McVay and Matt Stafford, number one. And that's also confusing to me because you have, (laughs) you know, the whole whole initial argument was, oh, Lamar hasn't won a playoff game. Then he wins a playoff game, and now we're still doing this again? How are we doing this? It's baffling to me. I hate it. Um... Yeah, not too much to add, but that's just what's bothering me is the conversation around Lamar Jackson just is going to be this every year where people think he's, for some reason, not a top 10 quarterback, not a top 50 player. He's clearly a top 50 player in the NFL. He's the only quarterback to ever rush for 1,000 yards twice, uh, (laughs) doing it the last two seasons. He has, like, two of the three highest QB rushing seasons of all time. He led the league in touchdown passes. He's clearly a top 50 player in the league. He's clearly a top 10 quarterback. And I, you know, it's two things can be true at once. He's one in three in the playoffs, sure, <laughs> but he's also a top ten quarterback in the NFL. It's hard to win in the NFL. Tom Brady's like the only quarterback who wins. So, you know, you bet. I don't know. Patrick Mahomes has been the best player in the league for three straight years and came away with one title. So, I don't know. I don't know what to tell people. Like, uh, uh, it is what it is. It's just very frustrating, though, to just know that this is what our off seasons are going to be. 
when there's nothing else to talk about in the NFL, it's, oh, let's, you know, pick on the quarterback who, for some reason, we think hasn't won enough. And that guy's Lamar, and it's very annoying as a Ravens fan. If we drafted, or if, if the league did a redraft of the NFL, does anybody think Lamar Jackson wouldn't go in the top 50? Like, he would go, like, 10th, <laughs> if, if not worst, earlier. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that should have some bearing on who the best players in the league are right now. So, it's frustrating. It's it's pure off-season filler, but I still like that it, uh, that it, that it bothered Jace and... Uh, and gave us a, a, a fresh <laughs> it, What's Bothering Jace segment. It, it was just, even beyond the PFF thing, because I was like, whatever, they do weird things over there with their systems and their points. But then just, like, taking to Twitter and seeing all these people who are like, Lamar, top 25 quarterback at best, you're like, what sport are you watching? <laughs> I'd, I'd rather get my clickbait by looking at other men's calves than the Lamar Jackson <laughs> slander, to be completely yeah, honest. Uh, it's just ridiculous, but... And not just that, but but get clicks by reviewing the Pod Like a Raven co-host's top eight Ravens, because that's what we're going to do in just a few minutes here. The last thing to, to cover, and then we'll answer this at the end of the show, as always, is the random Raven. We're going to knock this out now, attack this Ravens draft, and then answer the random Raven at the end. Tim, you are up this week, so let me get my... Uh, let me get... I was going to say, yeah, one last thing I want to mention is both of my co-hosts have... Uh, they went for the um, the legal pad approach for their note writing, and it like they look. I mean, they look like serial killer notes. I'm just gonna say that I was surprised <laughs> that only one of us used you know a computer to compile the list of players. But I guess I'm I'm in the minority with this, so it's fine. Um, but Tim, for the for the random Raven, uh, who do you have for us? All right, here we go. We got some clues for you, and I believe. Yeah, I, th- I think this is a pretty good one. I- I'm This one is another guy who just randomly popped into my head, and it was a, wait, he played for the Ravens, right? And I looked it up, and I, I had this like a month ago. I was like, I have to save this guy. Um, all right, so clue number one. This player was drafted in the first round in 1996. Oh, boy. <laughs> so the first year the Ravens were around. Spoiler alert, it's not somebody the Ravens drafted in the first round. It's not Jonathan Ogden or Ray Lewis. Clue number two, <laughs> he spent his first 12 seasons with a current division rival, making four Pro Bowls and three first-team All-Pro teams. Clue number three, he spent one season with the Ravens in 2008 starting 11 games in the team's run to the AFC Championship, and he retired after that season. It, it's very vague. I got it. It's way less vague towards the end here. Clue number four. He only surrendered 16 sacks in a 13-year career and did not give up a sack between 1999 and 2001, which is absolutely insane. Especially impressive, because if it's the guy, I think, some dreadful teams this guy was on. <laughs> uh, there's your bonus clue, yeah. that you're. I think you're right on. Clue number five, final clue here. He wore the number 71 in his first 12 seasons, but switched to 79 for his one season in Baltimore. And yeah, bonus clue, reiterate. He played for some truly, truly awful teams in those first 12 years. I am 
as blank as I have been for any random raven. Wow. And I, I don't know. I don't know if it's because also Tim, you can't get mad at me when I pick one year ravens anymore. I can't. <laughs> but uh, I'm like embarrassed because it's an offensive lineman. Yeah, you know, I feel like we should. Uh, like as a unit, we're we're good with the lines, O line, D line. Well, see, no. Uh... Here's my thing. I think you're. I think you're just a flash guy. You love your receivers. You love your <laughs> running backs. You love your D backs. Me and Jace are the meat and potatoes I, of this podcast. I we're... want. I want to love them, Tim. I want to have a wide receiver to love. Why is it so hard to find love? Okay, um, we are going to answer that random Raven at the end of the show. I think Jace is. I think all I'm locked in. I think I have it. Yeah. Nice. Uh, and with and if that, it's who I think, excellent choice. With that, we are going to turn now to the Ravens draft. And this is something that we, as I said at the top, we talked about a few different times uh, over the past few months, when to fit it in. But we're going to do nine players. I said eight before, but nine players per team. So all three of us are going to draft our own top nine Ravens roster. You cannot draft the same player twice. So once they're off the board, they're gone. Um, And we have a set uh, list of slots here that we're drafting. We're doing one quarterback two quote-unquote playmakers so that's running backs wide receivers tight ends two offensive linemen and then four defensive players just anywhere you want them this is a ravens pod after all so we have to do four defensive players for a a wider pool of talent to be able to draft from it's two playmakers and it's four defensive players so a total (laughs) of nine we're gonna do uh like a snake draft here so we're gonna go one two three three two one kind of kind of order tim i have a uh you you tend to have these up but i have a draft randomizer if you haven't if, if you have one pulled up I'll, I'll defer to you here but so i did just do one i did just do one and i will i'll put it this way antonio as the lead host i basically just had the numbers one two and three generated in a random order how would you like to number us and then i will tell you how this shakes out oh oh that's okay all right um let's put uh, I'm going to go in order of the how I see you guys on the screen. So Jace will be one, I'll be two, and then Tim will be three. Okay, Jace is number one, I am number two, Antonio... Or no, That's Anto- how you do it. Sorry, Antonio is number two. And oh. then... So, 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 so the order... This is very confusing. The order is Jace, Tim, Antonio picks third. Antonio. That's how you, that's how you rung him up. I knew it. knew how to do that. <laughs> uh, so we'll have Jace, Tim, Antonio, then Antonio... Tim Jace. There you go. If I, if I, if I said that correctly, we've played, we've played gonna... enough fantasy football here, guys. We can do these snake drafts. We've got this. Uh, and then for the listener, I mean, we'll debate these rosters as we go through them, but uh, let us know at the end who you like, who you didn't like, who went too high, who went too low. I'm wondering how quickly one of us veers off of uh, off of our <laughs> other co-host big boards here because I have a rank of players, but. Uh, I certainly had some questions about how high I need to rank certain players. And in terms of talent, we are using how these players performed as Ravens. So that's a very important caveat here. You do not get to draft Deion Sanders and get, like, primetime Deion Sanders. You get 37-year-old, limping around, injured after every play, Deion Sanders. So it's all about what they did for the team. We're going to have our own definitions, I think, of, of what value is in terms of production, accolades, Super Bowls. So we're, we're going to see how it goes. But um, with that, unless I'm missing anything, guys, uh, with that, we're going to do the, like, 
ring the bell. And Jace Evans, you're on the clock here, drafting number one overall for uh, your Baltimore Ravens. Do 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 do. It's a lot of pressure. I always hate drafting first in fantasy <laughs> drafts, especially when you have to snake back around for in a few picks. And I'm going to get it started. I don't know if this is a controversial one. I know it will make one of our co-hosts sad. I am drafting with the first pick in the Ravens' all-time a draft, Mr. Ed Reed. Defensive back safety (laughs) out of the University of Miami. Um, I should say I do not view Ed Reed personally as the greatest Raven of all time, but I view him as the best Raven. And if I am making my best team possible... I'm taking my number one ranked player, and that is Ed Reed, 2004 Defensive Player of the Year, nine-time Pro Bowler, five-time All-Pro, Hall of Fame All-2000s team, Super Bowl champion, and of course, a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, A staggering amount of interceptions, 61 in the regular season with the Ravens, led the league on three separate occasions, a litany of returns, just uh, a player I could not personally pass up at number one i think he is arguably the best player in his position in nfl history and if i'm starting a team i think he's the guy i take even over a guy i will presume will be the number two overall pick but we shall see yeah i'm i'm a little annoyed because as the number two pick i was like maybe he'll just not screw me over completely here uh ed reed was at the top of my board i think he is the most talented and best Ravens player of all time. I'm sorry, I know, and I and part of it is being a kid and watching a team that had no offensive production whatsoever, and basically their offense was Ed Reed returning block punts, punt returns, interceptions, fumbles, sack fumbles, whatever you name it, electrifying all over the field. I'm I'm this is not a contrarian take. I am not trying to do hot takes, clicks like like Pro Football Focus. This is me. I legitimately think that he is the best Raven of all time. I don't know if you have words on this, Antonio, or if you want me to just go right into number. I mean, two. it's just it's just such a strong disagree here. Uh, you, I think I just you know I just think you guys are forgetting uh, the, the glory years of Ray Lewis. If I think the argument to be made for me, the only argument for the Ed Reed over Ray Lewis is we're looking at today's NFL with the importance of a safety as your top pick over like a run-stopping middle linebacker, which I would say is Ray Lewis' sort of first uh, ability, first skill. But um, but I'm, I'm sorry, apologies, you guys are both incorrect. It would be Ray Lewis all the way. <laughs> so, Tim, you're welcome to take somebody else at two if you would like. Oh, no, I'm going to take the two-time Super Bowl champion, one-time I mean, Super Bowl just... MVP, two-time <laughs> NFL Defensive Player of the Year, seven-time first-team All-Pro, third-team second-team All-Pro, 13-time Pro Bowler a three-time NFL tackles leader, the most career combined and career solo tackles and solo tackles in a season, the NFL 2000s All-Decade Team, the NFL 100th Anniversary All-Time Team, the Baltimore Ravens Ring of Honor, and throw in the two years as a first-team All-American at the University of Miami. It's Ray Lewis, the heart and soul. Now, again, here's the thing. The heart and soul of this Baltimore organization still to this day, in my opinion. Um, You're never going to get rid of Ray. He's the best... Um, and they don't win those two Super Bowls without him, even as a, you know, kind of a limping linebacker towards the end there, kind of struggling in pass coverage. I think Ed Reed is the best player and the most talented player, but I think heart and soul and impact and, and leadership and all of that stuff, yeah, it's Ray Lewis. And, and look, 
we, we are these are fine fine margins we're going through here on both of these i should say and i think when we do this too you know we should lay out the ground rule i'm not looking for modern day nfl you know i'm looking for what they did in their era of ravens football and ray lewis dominated he is the best linebacker of all time i I know these are purple-tinted sunglasses, but these two are the two best defensive players of all time, if not in the top five. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy to settle for Ray Lewis at number two. <laughs> well, yeah, that's I, why I didn't want the first pick, because I was hoping someone else would decide this for me. I do. I said I think Ed's the best Ravens player ever. I do think Ray is the greatest Raven for the reasons you said he was the only member of both Super Bowl teams. You know, he has the first interception in franchise. He just was the defining face and voice of the Ravens from literally day one until 2012. He was the guy, the first 17 years of the franchise, he was the defining player. I just think comparatively, I think Ed is marginally better at his position than Ray is at his position. But of course, you can argue Ray had significant longevity, and that first Super Bowl really counts for something. Um, so it was tough. I, I view them as one A, one B. I went with Ed because I think he's slightly better at safety than Ray. Maybe historically compares to other linebackers. You could make a case, I think, that other linebackers are better than Ray. But I don't think you can make a case that any safety is better than Ed Reed. So that's why I went Ed. But. You know, I'm not exactly surprised these were our one and two <laughs> picks in this draft. So I'm picking third, and then I get two picks here, and then I don't pick for a, you know, quote unquote, a while. So I'm in a you need I'm value. In an interesting. You need value. I'm in an interesting position here because I do need value. I got to draft smart, and there's one position of this Ravens history that does not have a lot of depth, and the listener knows which position I'm talking about. So I got to make a decision. I'm pretty confident in pick three, but it's pick four where I got to go uh, one of two ways here. So I'll start with pick number three, three overall. My first round draft pick, you know, you're starting a top roster from scratch. You need a rock. You need a solid Hall of Famer. You just plug him in and he's going to be just a stalwart at his position for the next 10 years. So I'm going with the Hall of Famer. I'm going Jonathan Ogden as the top draft pick hall of famer 11 time pro bowler was just a i mean he was a wall whenever he was there and when he was healthy which was the vast majority of his career until the last i want to say the last season seemingly had like turf toe that never went away and that was the end of jonathan ogden but um yeah a beast of an offensive lineman i'm gonna sit him at left tackle and he's gonna protect my quarterback and i'm concerned about who i'm gonna end up having but uh, he's going to protect my quarterback, so it's Jonathan Ogden, my first pick. My second pick, boy, I am, I'm going to hate it no matter where I go, but um, oh, God, I hate this so much. How much, t- how much time do I have on a, on a podcast to make a decision? I mean, we're not going to give you unlimited time, I'll say that. You, know you want to talk changing. it out. It is a podcast. I'm changing it. So I was going to, I mean, I was going to go T-Sizzle. I was going to go T-Sizzle with the other top defensive player on the board but that's the thing about the Ravens I know there's depth uh with the Ravens players so I'm just leaping ahead and I'm picking a guy because I know it's thin and guess what he's in the top 50 of the NFL overall he is a top 10 quarterback and he's a freaking NFL MVP it's Lamar Jackson as my second round pick so I'm going Jonathan Ogden Lamar Jackson I get him for another 10 years he's changed the game 
He's been a new definition of what a quarterback can be, what a successful player in the NFL could be. And I have Jonathan Ogden in front of him, and boom, we're an offensive-minded team, and I'm going <laughs> to deal with my... I'm going to deal with my defensive depth later in the draft. Yeah, Antonio's trying to change the culture of the Ravens immediately. So <laughs> this is this is where this gets interesting because I will say, uh, I, I just, look, my big board is not that great. It was it, I did it once. There was not a revision. But I do like saying Lamar was eighth on the big board. So that's a little bit of a reach for me there at slot number four. But I understand it. For me, and I maybe I'm spoiling a little bit of my strategy here, there's three quarterbacks that I'm sort of okay with here. So as long as I get one of them, I'll be, I'll be fine. So, see, this is where you've got me now. Because I, T-Sizzle falling into my lap here. He's fourth on my big board. I get value there. The Ravens love value. But like you said, if this was just a straight draft of best Ravens players of all time, I'd probably just take all defense. And I'd probably take mostly defensive linemen and pass rushers. It's just... Who I am, throw a fullback in there, and we're good to go. We're ground and pound, baby. It's going to be a great time. But you, you mentioned the, the weapons maybe not being, or you, you alluded to the weapons not being the depth, obviously, is what we talked about. But here's the thing. You made weapons one big category. Running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, fullbacks, all sort of in that same category. So the, the depth fills out a little bit. On the offensive line, there's not as much there. You know, I, I love T-Sizzle, and there's not as much stalwart dominance that, that I would want uh, for one of my two offensive linemen. So I'm going with the fifth man on my board. I'm reaching a little bit. It's the guy that they needed so desperately last season. It's Marshall Yonda out of Iowa is who it is. He is one of the greatest Ravens of all time. Don't shake your head at me. He's one of the greatest Ravens of all time. He's regarded as one of the best interior offensive linemen of all time. Super Bowl champion, two-time first-team All-Pro, five-time second, five second-team All-Pro, excuse me, eight-time Pro Bowler, unanimous on the NFL 2010 All-Decade team, All-Rookie team, Baltimore Ravens Ring of Honor, and set the tone for a Ravens team for, what, 12 years on that offensive line. Just a mean SOB when he got inside the sticks, and a guy that I want... On, you know, I've got Ray Lewis on one side of the ball fighting with Marshall Yonda at the other side of the ball at practice. My team's going to be mean. My team's going to be mad. My team's going to be fierce. And, you know, this, this offensive juggernaut that Antonio's building will be fine with them. I feel like I'm going insane because while I love <laughs> Marshall Yonda and I love Jonathan Ogden, Terrell Suggs, my pick, is the third best player in Ravens history. He His stats are astounding. He has 132 and a half sacks with the Baltimore Ravens, a team record, 193 tackles for loss that dwarfs the next closest player. A forced fumble machine, 37, 30, excuse me, 33 forced fumbles with the Ravens. The pick is Terrell Suggs. He's the best pass rusher in Ravens history. He has, only Sam Cook has played more games in Ravens history. Terrell Suggs, future Hall of Famer, Rookie of the Year, 2011 Defensive Player of the Year, Super Bowl champion. He has my pick at, and I can't believe he lasted until number six. It's driving me crazy. I, but, the, but here's my thing, Suggs. Jace. I completely agree with you. It's just the value. I'm trying to play the game here. Like you said, I have, I have like 25 defensive players that I would be relatively happy with. And T-Sizzle is one of these elite, elite guys. But I think there's enough elite, elite guys in this, quote, defensive category that we're doing 
and not as many of those blue chip or those, what are they, the red star players that they put on the Ravens draft board at the offensive line position. So I reached a little bit for Yonda, but I, but I, I totally get it. In terms of like, if we're just power ranking all-time Ravens, yeah, Sizzle I think is, I would say fourth, but I could hear the argument for third. That's fair. Uh, I guess I just, you know, this is a franchise, the Ravens, that have finished in the top 10 in yards in a season four times in 25 years. It's a franchise defined by defense. And I pick again, right? It's my it's my pick. And so as a franchise defined by defense, my offense is going to be trash regardless. We're loading up. Haloti Nada, oh, the next pick oh, in no. this draft. We are getting all the good guys. <laughs> and we are going to be a stout defensive team that scores oh. 10 points a game. But that is okay. Haloti Nada, he was next on my board. Uh, of ranked players um i think you know for my money one of the i i would say almost underrated players uh i mean i think most ravens fans understand how good he was but two-time all pro five-time pro bowler super bowl champion nine seasons in baltimore 25 and a half sacks out of the defensive tackle position he was a beast he uh he even had five interceptions in his career um I love Haloti Nada. I think I think he, you know, just his demeanor, his position. I think he kind of got overshadowed by some of the other guys on the team. Certainly, your Ray Lewis's, your Ed Reeds, but he was a, a huge piece of what they did on defense uh, with just his versatility up front. So, I am more than happy to take Haloti Nada with what is the what seventh overall pick. So. I just I love Jace's the anger, the fury coming from Jace. We have. <laughs> We haven't seen this uh, in a few weeks. Uh, I love it. I'm terrified of that defensive roster, but Jace, I just think you're going to end up a lot of Sunday afternoons frustrated at a, t- at a ten to seven loss. Uh, quarterback is going to get rough. <laughs> Offensive line already looking iffy, but you know, I think getting three of the four best defensive players in team history. I, I like where my team is uh, standing. Yeah, you know how sad it is that. Um... I just I look at this and Ed Reed, Terrell Suggs, and Haloti Nada played a lot together. Like those guys were on the field a lot together, and they had oh yeah Ray Lewis in that defense too. Like are you are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? We're so spoiled. Um, yeah, see this leaves me in an interesting position because again I agree with Jace. I just want to hammer defense. It's all I want to do. There are some guys here that I could pick, but I think I'm gonna wait. I think I'm going to wait. There's a lot. It makes it very, very tough. So I will go, and this just feels bad in my bones, to go offense again. And I'm going with the greatest running back in the history of the Baltimore Ravens, and that's Jamal Lewis. Uh, Look, again, Marshall Yonda and Jamal Lewis. Run it to the right. Run it behind the right guard. Three yards in a cloud of dust. It was Jamal was the Ravens offense. For your newer Ravens fans, he was it. That was it. Let's look through like some season by season here. Just as he started dominating uh, his rookie year, he had thirteen over 1,300 yards. He missed the 2001 season with an injury. 2002, 1,300 yards again. 2003, that famous 2,066 rushing yards. 1,000 yards in 2004. Uh, 900 yards in 2005. And then 1,000 yards in 2006 before moving on to the Cleveland Browns. The entire offense ran through him. And Jamal Lewis... Obviously not the biggest reason that they won the Super Bowl at, when he was a rookie, but he kept that offense, for lack of a better term, quote-unquote, afloat 
when they legitimately couldn't do anything and it was the defense winning game. So I don't see a ton of value in the weapons department. I know we only get two of them, but because there's so much defensive value still left on the board and because the guy picking next has already picked his quarterback, I'll go Jamal Lewis and, uh, and just have that good running game. See, I like this already three players in because both of your teams, you have an identity. Uh, Jace has an identity. He's got three defensive all pros, let's say, with a couple of Hall of Famers sprinkled in who have played together. Tim's team is just going to punch you in the mouth uh, offensively and defensively. Wait to my other weapon because I know who I'm picking next. <laughs> if if Tim's team doesn't end up with a fullback, then this whole thing has been for nothing. Uh, my team, meanwhile, with two players, I've, I've gone offensive, but we got to find some balance to this team. I'm going to pick two dudes again. And the first one is going to be a defensive player. Time to time to get some stars on that side of the ball. And Jace mentioned Terrell Suggs was the franchise leader with so many sacks. Second on that list is a guy who is not too shabby in his own right. And that's Peter Boulware. Maybe a forgotten really, really, really good Raven because he played his first few years, let's say three years, on the team when they weren't sort of a powerhouse yet, when they were sort of building building into what they would become uh, as the 2000 Ravens. But this is a guy, four-time Pro Bowler, 70 sacks. He didn't make the Pro Bowl in 2001, where he had 15 sacks. I don't know what happened there. Uh, so he, I'm going to call him a four-and-a-half-time Pro Bowler. Uh, and he is the best defensive player available on the board right now. Um, so that's where I'm going for my third pick. And now I'm sort of free to move around, and really this is just, now you got to go, we're back to value. you just got to look at the big board, who do you have, uh, and who's going to complement the players that you have right now on the roster. And if I have Lamar Jackson, you got you got to have a tight end. you got to have somebody for him to throw to. He loves throwing to the tight end. Who's better than Mark Andrews? The best tight end in Ravens franchise history, and that's Mr. Todd Heap. Uh, I'm taking Todd. Uh, he's just the security blanket. I, I don't have his numbers in front, so I, you might give, maybe give me a second to pull that that up. But it's Todd Heap. He's a security blanket. He's going to catch everything thrown his way. We're talking prime Todd Heap, but the sure hands. He's catching the third and sevens, and he's turning them into first downs, which is something that the Ravens kind of need now. Um, 5,400 receiving yards, 40 touchdowns. Just a solid offensive playmaker that is going to fit with this team. And I have Ogden, Peter Bulwer, and Todd Heap. So I'm just uh, I'm that 2002-era Ravens fan, I guess. And then, <laughs> and then new era, Lamar Jackson leading the way. I uh, You mentioned, I, I don't remember which of you mentioned, kind of forgotten Ravens. But to me, I feel like that is the ultimate, like Peter Bulwer is like the ultimate example of that. I think... You know, not to accuse, I guess, sections of Ravens fandom of being Joe Flacco era bandwagoners, but uh, the team at one time was even harder to watch than in the height of the Flacco years. And, uh, you know, I think in those early days, you, you just, Peter Bowler was so good. He and, you know, fourth overall pick, and he was such a huge part of their defensive turnaround uh, after they moved from Cleveland and just... Um, just a, such a key member of the Ravens for so long. And, uh, yeah, he, he kind of, his, you know, his career ends, I believe in 2005, 
So it kind of gets lost in the shuffle. And then Todd Heap, you know, what's there to say about Todd Heap? He was doing, at his height when, like, Kyle Bowler and Anthony Wright and uh, Chris Redman were kind of cycling through uh, the quarterback sphere there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he, you mentioned, uh, you guys said Jamal Lewis, the best offensive player probably of that era. And Todd Heap, I think, is a 1B, certainly. When it comes to pass catchers, I believe he's still the Ravens' all-time leader in touchdown passes. So, uh, yeah, good, solid choice for Mr. Todd Heap. Yeah, I, I'm Todd Heap, I think, is going to go down in, in – we're going to have to tell our kids about him because he was just so, so good for those teams. And it was really sad. I mean, he, he didn't win a Super Bowl. He got drafted the year after that and then obviously didn't make it to 2012. And, you know – um, I, I, I love the pick there. Um, and as I go here, I did say that maybe I would be happy with one of the third quarterbacks. But no. He's here. He's been oh, sitting no. here for too Jeez. long. I was, was going <laughs> to He's been sitting here for too long. He is elite. Oh, he is a Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> you look at the career passing numbers uh, in terms of Ravens history. Joe Flacco has 31,000 more yards, almost 31,000 more yards than the next closest guy. Joe Flacco, then Kyle Bowler in second. Lamar still in fourth. You obviously expect that to climb as the years go on. I mean, I don't know how much more conversation we have to have about him. He finished 96 and 67 in the regular season, 61% completion percentage, uh, threw 212 touchdowns to 136 interceptions, started a new era for the Baltimore Ravens under John Harbaugh. They came in at the same time. He started from day one, thanks to Troy Smith getting sick and losing like 20 pounds in the preseason. Weird weird side story that some Ravens fans will definitely forget. And yes, much maligned after getting the payday. Sure, boring Joe. He doesn't show emotion, yada, yada, yada. You know, Jace has made this point a number of times um, on this show. He is the most, he is the best quarterback in Ravens history at this moment in time. So, you know, I don't disagree with Lamar going as high as he did, especially just how fun he is to watch and stuff. But when when I said there was three, there's basically two. There are two there are two quarterbacks in Ravens history that you really want, which is saying something. So I'm taking the second one. He was seventh on my big board here, and what did I get him at? At fourteen, I got a double. That's value right there, baby. Eric DeCosta would be giving me a standing ovation with that. So. Or no, excuse me, 11. I'm bad at math. Still, hey, still good value. So Joe Flacco is my pick there, and there's my quarterback. Don't have to worry about it for the rest of the draft. I just I just love this so much. It is I, – I think he's at the right spot. I don't – I mean, I don't think he's too low. I don't think he's too high, and I just love what this gives Jace because he took – he didn't take a risk, but uh, – Boy, I don't know what <laughs> you three three yards and a pound of dust, a cloud of dust. I don't know if the three yards are happening now, Jace. What are, what are you gonna do uh, with these well, two picks? I have three QB names down, but at this point, I'm just gonna save. I mean, pick them last uh, now. Yeah, yeah. At this point, um, I'm not gonna score, so I'm tripling down on what we do best, <laughs> oh and we are God. drafting Chris McAllister, uh, defensive back. Uh, <laughs> he. Uh, uh, you know, I mentioned uh, Haloti Nada as underrated. I actually think Chris McAllister is probably the most underrated player in any position in Ravens history, frankly. He was three-time Pro Bowler, one-time All-Pro. Um, you know, he's third in team history uh, in interceptions with 26 behind Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. 
Uh, he has five career uh, interception return touchdowns. He was just a really, really strong player and a key player for them for a really long time. And, you know, we we, we, uh, we were texting this week about a, a thing we saw on Instagram. I don't think there's really, outside of perhaps the burgeoning Marlon Humphrey, I think it's pretty clear that Chris McAllister is the best cornerback the Ravens have ever had. Um, so I'm going with McAllister and I, uh, have yes, used all four of my first picks on defense. Um, but you know, uh, we're, we're set now. He was actually the next guy on my board, uh, of the d- d- defensive players. Um, but Jason, we're going to, we're, we're going to force you to take an offensive player now. Well, well yeah, he has I, to I, now. Now he has yeah, to I literally have to, I've used all my defense and, uh, the guy I'm actually going to choose is Ray Rice. I know a controversial player, obviously, had a very, very ugly departure from Baltimore, but he was so dynamic. He's actually fifth all-time in receiving yards for the Ravens, uh, running back Ray Rice. He only trails Jamal Lewis for rushing yards. He was just so incredible and shifty, and they were so reliant on him to score and to create and, you know, 4th and 29 comes to mind as uh, kind of the prime example of how good Ray Rice was in his prime. He he was just, the, he carried that team, 37 career rushing touchdowns. Tim, I think, rightly took Jamal as the best running back. But I think Ray was so dynamic, a Super Bowl champion, and just, you know, such a key thing to what they did. He was a three-time Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champ second rushing and yeah fifth and receiving i think makes some dynamic and we're gonna need it because i don't think my offense is going to be doing much i totally get it i totally get it um i i think McAllister is such a great example of a player in the right era because as soon as <laughs> as soon as the pass rush or the pass interference rules got tightened up his career was basically over. That was it because he was a hand-checking guy. He was a big physical corner, and um, and he was great at what he did. He was a dominant cornerback. And it's it's I love going through these lists because I feel like it's people, especially you know, as kids who grew up with the Ravens. They came here when most of us were four or five years old. This is sort of the era that we grew up with in these players, and it's people and it's players that a lot of people are going to forget uh, as younger fans come in, as more fans get it. You know, Baltimore, again, had Kyle Bowler at quarterback. People weren't just attracted to the Ravens. Now they have Lamar Jackson. They had Joe Flacco. And then, you know, people loved, like, Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and stuff like that. But, you know, like Dalen Hayes, who they just drafted out of Notre Dame, you know, idolized the Ravens' defense. So you have some like that, but not a ton. I think people like McAllister are going to be forgotten for the contributions they made in an era that, you know, defensively, as we talk about all the time on this show, is way different. Um, Yeah. So here's where I'm stuck. Because, as Antonio said, and I, I guess this is a little bit of a spoiler, but I don't really care because I'm, I'm, I'm doing this a lot with my heart. I have to pick a fullback at some point, and we're only allowed <laughs> two offensive weapons, and I already picked one. So there are some wide receivers here that I think does, do deserve a mention. Um, but I'm going defense again, and I'm going for a guy who might be, we've listed a number of guys who might be unheralded and might be forgotten and might be underappreciated. And this guy tops this list for me. 
and he's one of the nicest dudes I met in person a couple times as a kid. And you know where he plays, right over the center. He's one of my favorite Ravens of all time. It's Kelly Gregg is going here, my friends. He's number 12 on my big board. Um, he actually is the top guy left that I have here, so this works out perfectly for me. Uh, just, just, you know, you're never going to get the stats with nose guards and things like that, but if you look at Kelly Gregg, let's just, when he starts in Baltimore in 2001, he started one game, and then from there, from 2002 on, 16 games, 15 games, 14 games, 16 games, 16 games, 16 games, 14 games, 16 games in Baltimore from 2002 to 2010 a rock in the middle of that defense who used his wrestling background to take up multiple guys to allow those linebackers to get to make all the plays and towards the end of his career definitely got more of the shine that he deserved but for me those defenses aren't as good as they are they were without Kelly Gregg in the middle so I'm putting him right over top of Yonda with Jamal Lewis and Ray Lewis um, and Joe Flacco making all, you know, ha- just basically handing the ball off at this point. I don't even need a quarterback. Uh, but yeah, Kelly Gregg for me uh, in the, what, fifth round here. Fantastic. Fantastic pick. That I, I had him a bit lower on my board. Of course so you did. You're I, a flash I ended up guy. With, uh... You're a flash guy. We know. <laughs> He uh, he is definitely was amongst my next few <laughs> selections if I hadn't gone all in on defense, I guess, already. Uh, that leaves me with several options. Again, with two picks, which I have not really enjoyed having to go back-to-back with players. I guess Jace has done that, too. The good news is, I know Jace can't take defensive players, so if I want to go offense, I'm a little, a little insulated, a little protected. Um, so while I debate because I got two picks. I'm going to go with a guy who is pretty high on my list, and I'm going to take my... Let me make sure I'm doing this right. Yeah, I'm going to take my second playmaker. I'm going to take him now. He is the best wide receiver in Ravens franchise history. He has the most receiving yards in Ravens franchise history. He is another guy that when the offense was not great, would make plays on first, second, and third down. And then when the Joe Flacco era began in 2008, he was immediately Joe's number one target for three years i'm talking about Derek mason who had an entire career basically with tennessee i've waxed poetic about this guy before then came to baltimore as a 31 year old wide receiver and had an entire second career basically played six years in baltimore ended up with 5700 receiving yards 29 receiving touchdowns and i love his game matching up with lamar jackson i love having todd heat and uh, Derek Mason as the two options for Lamar Jackson to, to throw to as this team uh, as this team grows. And who needs running backs? So uh, I'm not doing that. So Derek Mason is my fifth pick uh, overall. I'm going to take a pause now because we're going to review the rosters so far. Uh, so let's start with Jay since you drafted number one. Jace, who are your five guys that you have so far? So I have taken, I went obviously heavy on defense, I went right off the bat, Ed Reed, Terrell Suggs, Haloti Nada, Chris McAllister, and then I finally got on the offensive side of the board with running back Ray Rice. And Tim, how's your roster looking? Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like, you know, this is the first time we're doing this, so maybe, you know, it changes over the years and the off seasons that we do, Pod Like a Raven, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. I almost feel like we should have more weapons is that weird? Like, two weapons, I think there actually might be enough to fill out three on these rosters. Now, that's something we could change in future, but, you know, 
I'm kind of stuck here on that. And and uh, I just I I don't know where I'm going with these next four picks. But the first five, Ray Lewis, the heart and soul of the Baltimore franchise, Marshall Yonda, um, just. Meet in the middle, baby. Jamal Lewis, three yards in a cloud of dust, unless he's playing Cleveland, and it's 296 yards, never forget. Joe Flacco, Super Bowl-winning quarterback, the best quarterback in Ravens history, and the most unheralded player in Ravens history, for my money, Mr. Kelly Gregg, uh, the mean man in the middle. I have Jonathan Ogden as my top pick, followed by Lamar Jackson, Peter Boulware, Todd Heap, and Derek Mason. And I have one more pick to make here, I, I have questions about my rosters, uh, how they are in the locker room, you know, and, and, and that's what I've <laughs> talked about so far with your two teams. Is I have zero questions about how those locker rooms are, and I don't know who's friends with who uh, on my team. I don't know who's uh, who's like bros buddies with who, but I gotta have one more player, and I'm gonna go defense here. I gotta fill out my defensive side, and I'm between two names basically. And Tim, when you started out talking about uh, like the unheralded. Ravens, I thought you were going to name this player, uh, and that's Michael McCrary, who played six seasons in Baltimore. He had 51 sacks in six seasons with the Ravens. If you asked, like, a, a room full of Ravens fans of different ages, I don't think they would give you that high of a sack number. Uh, and he was another guy, just a starter on that first Super Bowl team. He's going to just fit right a- opposite Peter Boulware, and they're going to be a menace. Um, but I'm between him and, I can't believe I'm saying this, but C.J. Mosley played only five years with the Ravens. He's a four-time Pro Bowler, and I believe an All-Pro as well, one of the seasons. That might be, you guys got to fact-check me on that, but uh, four-time Pro Bowler. So I'm between the two of them, specifically because I already have a pass rusher. Um, But the more I think about it, I'm just going to go with the better talent. I'm sticking with McCrary. Another, like, beloved Raven, another positive, like, locker room guy. I need locker room guys now on the team. I need some cohesion. Uh, and I think Michael McCrary and Peter Boulware are the perfect two dudes to have when you need to uh, got to attack the quarterback these days. So that's what I'm going with. That is a nasty D-line, Antonio. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's filthy. Um, it was filthy in real life. Yes. <laughs> they obviously famously yeah played opposites each other for years see now i'm stuck here because you know what it pains me to say but i think i have to go weapon here and i oh please don't and i don't think it's gonna be the weapon I, i'm gonna put it this way because neither of you are gonna pick him but if this was a draft that was just purely from my heart, Vontae Leach would go somewhere in these nine picks. I love him dearly. Um, VL Hammer on Instagram still slaps, by the way. Follow him on Instagram. He's great. Um, just a tone setter and a time in my life that, not to get too sentimental, but we were doing the show that like four people listened to. And, you know, Now we're up to seven, which is great. On college radio. And I wax poetic about Vontae Leach over and over and over again. I love fullbacks, and he was the best at his position. And he came in and basically, you know, he helped Ray Rice and and that whole team. The Ravens have great fullbacks. You could do a Mount Rushmore of fullbacks that the Ravens have had. Sam Gash, Leron McClain, Pat Ricard, calf-off winner. Um, But Vontae Leach, for me, holds a special place uh, being on that Super Bowl team. So I just want to put that out there. But I'm going Anquan Bolden. 
Um, he's Ooh. he is one of the more important players in Ravens history, I believe. It is still absolutely asinine what they let him go for after the Super Bowl season. Uh, you know, I think Derek Mason rightly goes number one as the receiving leader. Uh, Bolden, if you look, he's eighth actually in yards uh, in Ravens history behind guys like Kadri Ismael and Travis Taylor. But for the amount of time that Ancom Bolden was in Baltimore, it was only what three seasons. He made a huge difference. He was the third down converter. He was the man that helped them beat new England in that championship game. After just the, the tragedy of he, who shall not be named that kicker who, you know, and Lee Evans, another he who shall not be named that I just named, who dropped a crucial pass against New England the year before. Anquan Bolton comes back, makes two spectacular touchdown catches, stands over the defender after basically mossing him, and just showed that Baltimore was there to play. Uh, you know, it, I don't have anything else to say about Anquan Bolton. He's one of the toughest SOBs I've ever seen put on a Ravens uniform. A stereotypical, that guy was meant to be a Raven-type player as soon as he joined. So uh, I had Bolden... 15th and there's some other guys left that i probably could have taken here instead but you know what i gotta go with the weapon um not a ton of receivers to go with i think there are a decent amount of weapons not a ton of receivers so i'm making bolden my sixth overall selection this hurts i was definitely gonna take him in the next uh two my next, I figured, my next yeah. two picks um you're so right. He was just such a transformative player for them. You know, they win 34 games in three years that Anquan Bolden's on the roster. It's the, the best, uh, well, maybe excluding this most recent one, but prior to the Lamar Jackson era, it was the best three-year stretch in franchise history. And I think he's such a huge part of that. There was just so many huge games. You know, I, I rewatched sometime in the last year. I feel like his, his monster game against the Cardinals when he rematched against them when they had that big comeback against the Cardinals. Um, he was just so good, and you mentioned his, his playoffs, uh, 304 yard, or, uh, 380 yards, four touchdowns in 2012 and four games en route to the Super Bowl. Just such an important presence. Um, I am going to stay – it's my pick, right? I am going to stay on the offensive side. Because you have to, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's finally time to get a lineman off the board, and that lineman is going to be Edwin Mulatalo. Um a long-time Ravens left guard. Uh, you know, not the, the the not the greatest. He was never named a pro bowler, though he probably should have been. Um, it definitely overshadowed a bit, I would say, by Jonathan uh, Ogden being right next to him, and rightfully so, because Ogden, you know, one of the one of the great tackles of all time. But Edwin was just steady, and he played forever. He he, he almost never missed games. Uh, he played 106 games for the Ravens in eight years. He, you know, Super Bowl champion, they pretty much plug him in his rookie year, and he just kind of never left. He was such a key to what they did, you know. We mentioned Jamal and Ogden, and he was the kind of the third piece. They ran behind him uh, on the left side there, him, Ogden, and, uh, yeah, with Jamal coming up behind, so... Um, I needed an offensive lineman, so I'm grabbing Ed- Edwin Mulatalo, and oh boy, uh, <laughs> this is where it gets hard. Um, I'm between two names uh, on on my weapons. Actually, oh, <laughs> I think <laughs> it gets tough. I know. I I am actually going to throw myself a curveball. And I'm going to pick 
Torrey Smith as my wide receiver weapon. The man is second all-time in Ravens touchdown catches. Um, hit, I believe, double digits twice in his time with the Ravens. I'm pulling that up now. And though he only, you know, was there for four seasons, he had 213 catches, 3,591 yards, 30 touchdowns. You know, not eye-popping totals, but... All the all the guys I was thinking about either played less or are you know had less of an impact than Tory did. He had so many big catches. You know, Tim, we've talked before on this program about yeah. He's, so he's third all time in yards, even with that thirty five ninety one total, and he's second in touchdowns. Um, and we talked all the time, or uh, we brought this up several times. But I just remember, you know, that catch he has against the Steelers in 2011 to win that game, and us yelling in your dorm and almost getting a noise violation. Uh, Tory just had several big catches. You know, the emotional night after uh, his brother died, and he had the two touchdowns against the Patriots on Sunday Night Football. He he was just it was only four years, but he had a number of just huge catches and huge moments. He was great, and he had two awesome catches in the Denver game in the 2012 playoffs, and uh, yeah, I mean, he, he wasn't there too long, but the totals kind of speak for themselves, you know, third third in yards, uh, second in touchdowns, and everyone else in his vicinity is off the board, so I needed a weapon, and I'm going to go with Torrey Smith, plus Maryland guy, that never hurts. <laughs> the, I mean, the moments you talk about, the moment with, with, his, with his brother and, you know, how important he was on that Super Bowl team will never, you know, I completely agree with you there. I think there's one – there's probably one weapon I would have taken over Tory, um, but we can talk about that later. I Both my weapons are gone. Um, so, And I think actually – has everybody taken all their weapons or no? Derek Todd, Heat, Derek Mason, yep. And yeah. No, Jace has one more weapon left. So, or no, he didn't. He has Ray Rice. Sorry. All the weapons are off the board. So I would have taken Steve Smith over him. I just think he was actually the guy I had listed. I penned him in above him, but I just didn't know if his, for me, I didn't think his impact though. I love Steve Smith was quite as good. He was, he was really good for one Ravens team. That was good. And two Ravens teams that did nothing. That were fine, which, (laughs) which I completely understand. And the Super Bowl definitely means a lot. All right. So moving on to me again, I'm going a little bit strategy here. I have, I have a guy ranked 13th and a guy ranked 14th on my board here. As we get down um, into what is this, 18, 19, the 20th pick. So I'm still getting value here. And I, I mentioned it at the top in round two with Marshall Yonda. The offensive line depth in terms of elite guys is not quite there. And Antonio is upset. Oh, I, I wanted him. <laughs> I'm taking Ronnie Stanley, the left tackle right here. Uh, he obviously came off the injury. Before that, I mean, look, I don't want to reference this PFF article, which was a joke, so I'll take one line out of it. Uh, Stanley has surrendered just 16 total – because remember, he ranked above Lamar Jackson, by the way. He ranked 46 in their top 50. But Ronnie Stanley has surrendered just 16 total pressures across his last 719 pass-blocking attempts. He is an elite pass blocker who can also run block. I I will admit, when they took him sixth overall, I was a little disappointed. I was like – I kind of wanted some flash. Obviously, Jalen Ramsey went right before him. It's The Ravens never get that high up in the draft. So it was like I kind of wanted to see them take, you know, somebody exciting. I, I pulled the Antonio, the flash. And for whatever reason, I'm just it's all, it's all in good fun. It's all in good fun. Uh, but obviously, 
Ozzy and EDC know best. Uh, he, Stanley has been a stalwart. Hopefully, he can come back from the injury and be just as dominant as he was. Uh, you know, one of the, if not the best left tackle in football at his peak. So, give me Ronnie Stanley and Marshall Yonda as my two offensive linemen, and I'm I'm pretty damn happy. Yeah, that's strong. Uh, just be, I, I want like the Madden game where Jonathan Ogden and Ronnie Stanley are both offensive linemen on the same team. I guess. Stan, like your, Ronnie Stanley is your right tackle on that team, and nobody nobody is touching your quarterback for sixteen games, or should I say seventeen games? I guess depending on when we're when we're playing this. Uh, so I have three spots left, and I'm picking two of them right now. Uh, I need to take an offensive lineman, and I need to take two defensive players. So with Ronnie Stanley going, I think there's a bit of a drop off for the remaining offensive linemen. So I'm going to wait on that. Uh, that's going to end up being my ninth pick. So I'm going two defensive guys here, and I'm between. Th- <laughs> I'm back between three players, uh, and I'm curious. Let's take a, a a minute here. Well, I guess I don't know. Maybe that's not fair. I was going to ask you guys your opinions on C.J. Mosley. I can't decide if I have him too high in my ranking, and then I think I have him too low in my rankings just based off of the productivity, based off of those four Pro Bowls. But will, does not he's not like a memorable Raven except for the Browns interception that sealed the Ravens going to the postseason. But, Tim, thoughts on, uh, on C.J. Mosley's sort of... Uh, um, uh, like legendary with, status. Yeah, it's weird because he's fallen off, man. And, and it, unfortunate, obviously, the COVID stuff and then injuries as well. And it's been kind of sad for CJ um, at at that level. Um, I will tell you, I, I, I listed out a bunch of guys by position and then kind of did a rough 27 ranking because of how many people we're picking. CJ Mosley does not make the list of my 27 top Ravens of all time. And that's probably harsh. It's probably somewhere in this happy medium of you might have him too high, I might have him too low. I think he made a hell of an impact, and I think that paying eighty million for a middle linebacker—I mean, Jet's going to Jet—but you know, he's he was a very, very, very good player for the Ravens that I, they still fully haven't replaced yet. Even with the likes of Patrick Queen, L.J. Fort, Malik Harrison, they're kind of you know you expect Patty Queen to come on a little bit more as well, but they're still kind of piecemealing that middle linebacker position together. That C.J. You know, frankly, he was dominant. Like you said, four Pro Bowls. And I think some of the Pro Bowl stuff sometimes happens if you're a really good or if you're, yeah, we'll call it really good, maybe not elite or great. But if you're a really good Ravens middle linebacker, they're going to be like, oh, that guy's great, Ravens defense. It's like the whole thing that it's, you know, the Ravens defense always gets an extra edge. Oh, you know who, that team's really good. Yeah, they were really good in 2000, but like, what are we talking about here? So I find it difficult with CJ, and I think it's almost his steadiness and his consistency almost is a is a detriment to him because it's just like oh ho hum cj really good and maybe that's why for me maybe i just kind of missed him because i'll tell you what i definitely have some guys on this list above him that are not or were not as consistent as cj they just for me personally made more of an impact yeah i I did the exact same thing tim i definitely overlooked him uh in putting my list together as well um, but I think you're right. I mean, I and I think it just for him, he had the unenviable task. You know, he comes, I guess, not the immediate season after, but two seasons after, or, yeah, one full season after Ray Lewis uh, retires, and you know, he's the guy to replace Ray Lewis. That's kind of a unenviable task. But I think he, he did a really good job. He was a really, really good player. But it it's just weird because at the same time, like I wasn't like heartbroken when he left, and I don't know if that's just a product of 
what the Jets paid him, how, while long, relatively brief, you know, five years he was with the Ravens. Um, I will say on my list, too, I fell back on some nostalgia. I don't know if you want me to throw out some of the names I had on the list, but the likes of, you know, Jarrett Johnson, Tony Saragusa, Bart Scott, Adelius Thomas, uh, even a guy like Rod Woodson, a uh, member of a Super Bowl team, kind of tug at my heartstrings, I guess, a little more than, uh, say... You know, I, I, I love Jarrett Johnson way more than C.J. Mosley because how how long he was there, how how central he was to the team. And um, so, yeah, Mosley was great. I just, uh, he, he's, he's one of the stranger, I think, players to try to evaluate on this list because he was great, and it also feels like a lot of Ravens fans don't really miss him. <laughs> just quickly, too, on that, Antonio, before you make your pick, he is sixth in all-time solo tackles in Ravens history. Six above <laughs> above the likes of Bart Scott, Jamie Sharper, Dallas Thomas, Jared Johnson, as Jace mentioned. So yeah, maybe he's being overlooked. Oh boy, uh, I agree with all those points, and then unfortunately, it does not help me with my with my drafting <laughs> decisions because uh, Jace, it's funny that you mentioned those uh, like sort of more remembered. Ravens, and that's who I'm between basically. Is uh, I think I'm going to take a Dallas Thomas. I think I'm doing it. Seven years. With the Ravens, I think he had more of an impact. He played, what, all 11 positions by the time he was done with the Ravens. And the stats don't look bad either. 38 and a half sacks, 377 tackles, 13 forced fumbles. Uh, he was one of those dudes who was just everywhere, played special teams, I think, like longer than he should have kind of thing. Uh <laughs> And on a roster that needs uh, needs some glue guys, uh, I'm putting the, the stickiest glue guy that the Ravens have ever had, and that's Adelius Thomas. And then with my second pick, I have another defensive player to grab, and I'll continue this conversation. I mean, I, I feel like to balance the team, I should go secondary, which is very thin in terms of Ravens history. Um, and I'm going to maybe, I'm going to surprise some people with this. I can't, I'm not taking C.J. Mosley at this point. Uh... Because I have a lot of the same dudes, basically. So if I'm trying to have a balanced team, I'm going in the secondary. And I I can already hear the, the Twitter complaints, the two Twitter complaints that we may get. I'm taking Marlon Humphrey. He has played four seasons with the Ravens, but he is one of the best, if not the best, corners in the game right now. Two-time Pro Bowler, one-time All-Pro. He's in his prime. He's only getting better. He has 11 forced fumbles in four seasons, two and a half sacks, um, eight interceptions, just creates turnovers, is unstoppable in one-on-one. They throw this stay away from him now. It's that kind of level, uh, that tier of corner in the NFL. Um, and on a team, on my team, that uh, that desperately needs some uh, some secondary help. So it's Marlon Humphrey with my eighth pick. I love this pick, Antonio. He was, in fact, outside of Jared Johnson, who I think I've shared my love of Jared Johnson a million times on this podcast. He was my, the highest rated defense player I still had on my little board. Uh, he's great. He's awesome. You know, maybe the only knock on him, you maybe want the interceptions up a little more. But like you said, they don't, they kind of don't throw towards him that much. They test Marcus Peters because he'll give them, you know, 20 yards to try to, <laughs> try to get an interception. Uh here and there but uh yeah i think it's a great pick i think marlin is certainly the face of the defense going forward he's been a vocal leader for them he's i think the most entertaining player on the ravens uh certainly off the off the field and uh he's uh he's just a player you want to root for and i definitely think uh 
you know, if I'm going to expand beyond my number eight jersey of guys on the Ravens, uh, whose jerseys I want, who are worthy of making a list like this, I think Marlon Humphrey is a, a great pick. I had Marlon Humphrey 13th, and the next best available right now is 18th. So, yeah, I I completely agree. I think Marlon Humphrey is an absolute stud. I think by the when his career is over, he is going to unequivocally be the best cornerback in Ravens history. Um, and, you know, agree with all your points. The transition to me at this point, like you said, it's a little thin. So I can't really, and again, we're only picking nine players here. I, there's no secondary player for me to pick anymore. I don't think there's anybody left. And we've, we've been circling around his name, and it, it's another. Stats aren't going to show up, but you know what does show up? Decleating Heinz Ward in the backfield. Jarrett Johnson is my pick at number eight. One of my favorite Ravens of all time. Talk about a guy that knew how to set the edge. I mean, this, this team that I'm building up, Ray Lewis is going to have 700 tackles in a season because Kelly Gregg's going to eat up two blockers and Jared Johnson will eat up the other three that are trying to rush out on the edge on a sweep play. And Ray Lewis will just barrel in there and make the tackle. Um, a hard-nosed, hard-nosed, always did, did his job well, wasn't always flashy, but still in, in his career, five over 500 tackles, 25 and a half sacks, 11 forced fumbles, three fumble recoveries, three interceptions, two defensive touchdowns, and that's for a guy where the stats didn't show up. And uh, it was a consistent starter on this team for a number of years, 14th uh, in all-time total tackles, or solo tackles with the Ravens, excuse me. And again, I look at the consistency here. 2003, he he comes into the the team in 2003, but then about 2007 is when he becomes a starter, and he starts for five years here. 16 games, 16 games, 16 games, 16 games, 16 games. Started every single regular season game on the, from that right outside linebacker position and was crucial for them. Think about it. Terrell Suggs is getting the sacks. Ray Lewis is making tackles. Bart Scott, whoever it is. You didn't run towards Jarrett Johnson. You didn't because he was going to blow up your tight end. He was going to blow up your tackle, and he was going to make sure that somebody else – he was going to blow up your fullback on the way as well and then make sure that somebody else sweeps up the running back. Just an an incredibly crucial guy for the team. So I'm ecstatic to get him here with the eighth pick. I'm so happy he made one of our teams. I was worried. I thought – I didn't know how this draft would play out. I thought, uh, you know, I I hoped he'd get picked. But he he was just such an underrated player and just so important for the Ravens, like you said. And, you know, you you looked him – you mentioned the starts, but he, he misses one game from 2003 to 2011. In nine seasons, he missed one game with the Ravens. That's, you know, it's pretty incredible. He, um, he, he, was, he was great. And uh, just, uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, all those other guys get the highlights, but he, he was so central to what they did. And, uh, yeah, I am so happy he ended up on one of our teams. And so, is it, yeah, my turn to close us out here or my final two picks. Okay, so this is hard. Um, I obviously did not leave myself with a ton of great options when it comes to offensive linemen, but the guy I will take is another one, a long-time, kind of underrated, early Ravens player, and I'm going to go with Mike Flynn. Um, Center, primarily, Mike Flynn. He did not start at center on the Super Bowl team, but... Of the players available uh, to me that I had chalked out of players who hadn't been picked, he was the um, 
leader in games played amongst players who have not been selected uh, on the offensive line. Um, and yeah, 134 games, 115 starts in 10 years with the Ravens. And uh, he was a starter at right guard on the Super Bowl champions, and then he settled in to their center until 2007. And I think, you know, pairing him and Mulatalo, who played all those years together at center and left guard, I... You know, I think there's worse uh, worse options. Obviously, uh, we mentioned Jamal Lewis running behind primarily the left side, Mike Flynn at center, Multalo, and then Ogden out left. Uh, he was just a, a real solid player for a real long time, and at once upon a time was amongst the uh, games played leaders in Ravens history. He's been passed by a number of people since then. But uh, yeah, I uh, I always liked Mike Flynn. He was always funny. He'd call into 98 Rock and stuff, and he seemed like a good dude. Um, and I need a lineman, and, you know, you, you're kind of picking your Matt Burks, your Ben Grubbs, Kalachio uh, uh, Simile, perhaps, players like that, uh, Zeus Sr., but I, I, I think in terms of just games played and consistency, uh, you know, Mike Flynn, another guy, didn't actually win any major awards, but, um, so Mike Flynn's my pick there, <laughs> and now comes the hard part. I need a quarterback <laughs> to The moment this you've all been go. waiting for. And you'll probably get mad at me for this, but I am picking Vinny Testaverde to be my quarterback. The right call. Yes, he was the, um, he's second all time uh, in single single season yards for the Ravens, was not passed, had held the record in the first season. Let me pull up the numbers here. In his first season with the Ravens, he threw for 4,177 yards, which stood as the Ravens single season yards record until Joe Flacco passed him in a 2016. <laughs> he is Flacco. The only other, uh, uh, quarterback to throw for 4,000 yards in a season. So Tessa Verde held that record and his 33 touchdowns in a season, which he threw in 1996 were the Ravens record until Lamar Jackson broke it just two years ago in 2019. So, but for, the first, you know, almost 25 years of Ravens history, uh, or at least 20 years of Ravens history, Testaverde had the best single season passing uh, season in Ravens history. He earned one of his only two career Pro Bowl berths with the Ravens uh, in 1996. And we should mention Testaverde played 21 seasons. And so one of his two Pro Bowl appearances came in a Ravens uniform. Uh, and he held the all-time touchdown record in fact for the Ravens until Flacco broke it in just his third season in uh 2010 but he's still Vinny Testaverde is still third all time in Ravens touchdowns with 51 touchdowns in his two seasons in 1996 and 1997 was he great no I know fans will the other guys I was kicking around were the obvious name is Trent Dilfer the other guy I was thinking was Steve McNair um but if we're if I'm trying to build the best team, you know, Testaverde had the best quarterback season for a Ravens player basically until Lamar Jackson showed up. So the pick is Vinny Testaverde to wrap me up. I know it's uh, <laughs> not an exciting choice. The Ravens team, in fact, that he set all those records for, uh, there was their first team ever went four and twelve. So that's not exactly good. But he was a Pro Bowl player, an early face of the franchise when the franchise moved from Cleveland. He was probably, you know, former number one overall pick, their most identifiable player uh, when they arrived here. Um, so it's not exciting. But Vinny Testaverde uh, to wrap us up, uh, and 
I guess someone has to throw, so he is my pick. Yeah, I would have gone. I would have gone McNair just for the thirteen and three year and that alone. But I get it. I get it with Testaverde. Um, all right, I'm wrapping up. I need defense. I already told you I'm not going defensive back. Uh, I'm probably not going. You know, Tony Saragusa, Brandon Williams are kind of your defensive linemen left, at least for me. So I'm not going there. So I am going. To a man who I didn't have on my 27 here, but you know what? It's because I definitely, definitely missed him. And this is going to be a fairy tale story with the final pick for Tim's team as an undrafted, uh, undrafted rookie out of Southern Illinois who only really got his shot on the defense after Ray Lewis suffered time uh, with an injury. He came in, made 10 starts in 16 games with 119 tackles, four sacks, two forced fumbles, one fumble recovery, four passes defended in 2006 then had a career-high 135 tackles next to Ray Lewis, nine and a half sacks, two interceptions, nine passes defended. In his Baltimore career, missed three games. That's it. And that was before he was a defensive stalwart for the team, uh, with the team finishing with a combined 448 tackles in his career. And never forget, again, common theme here, when he absolutely destroyed Ben Roethlisberger coming across the edge in what might be one of the best hits in Ravens history. It's up there. There's plenty of good ones, but it it's top five for sure. The Jared Johnson Heinz Ward one is always just going to be the most satisfying for me because of that, because that's snake. But Bart Scott is the man I'm talking about. If you didn't know number 57, great linebacker number as well. Uh, a highly, highly productive player for the Ravens while he was there. And, you know, to his credit, a guy who left the, the shadow of the Ravens defense and still went on to be, Pretty productive with the New York Jets, which you don't see a lot, you know, a la C.J. Mosley, as we're talking about before. So I'm rounding out my defense, and my defense is Kelly Gregg holding everybody up up front, Ray Lewis, Bart Scott, and Jared Johnson. It doesn't get too much better than that in terms of production. A lot. I like it. (laughs) Pretty good, No, it's, I mean, Bart Scott, he was fantastic, you know. Uh, I remember reading an article once upon a time that was like, should the Ravens, because I believe it was Bart Scott, Ray Lewis, and Ed Reed's contracts were all up the same year. And uh, I remember reading an article that was like, should they re-sign Bart Scott and let Ray Lewis walk? <laughs> and just being infuriated by it. But, it, you know, he to his credit, he played well enough to at least, you know, Bart Scott make that a conversation. He was a key piece. I don't think any of us will ever forget him throwing a uh, flag into the stands against the New England Patriots one Monday night in 2007. Uh, you know, he... It, Number of great moments. I definitely have watched uh, that sack of Ben Roethlisberger within the past year. So uh, I think that's for the final pick of this draft. I think that's an excellent one. With my last pick, I have an offensive lineman to take. Uh, As Jace mentioned, there's really just a few guys left here. Uh, Kelechi Osemele, Matt Burke could be picks. But I'm going with Ben Grubbs, Uh, a solid five-year uh, starter at the guard spot, peaked with a Pro Bowl selection in his final year with the Ravens, and then did the he like had sort of had the Raven way, went and got the big contract, played with another team, and only played for a few more seasons, and then was basically out of the league, going to New Orleans. But just a solid plug and play starter at the guard position, um, and that's going to put my team together. So I have I'll, I'll recap my players and then go to my co-hosts, uh, Jonathan Ogden, Lamar Jackson. Actually, let me. I'm going to go this way. I have Jonathan Ogden and Bed Grubbs on the line with Lamar Jackson throwing to Todd Heap and Derek Mason. 
Then I got Peter Bulwer, Michael McCrary up front, Adelius Thomas just sort of roaming. He can do it all. And then Marlon Humphrey in the secondary. And those are my nine drafted Ravens. Uh, why don't you guys fill out your uh, your rosters here? So on the defensive side of the ball, like I just mentioned, um, with my fifth pick, I had Kelly Gregg up front. And based on value, didn't really see a reason to go reach for a secondary guy. So I just said, F it, we're going linebacker. Ray Lewis with the top pick. Jarrett Johnson and Bart Scott to round it out at 8-9. and nine. On the offensive side of the football, uh, we got to have Marshall Yonda up front taking Joey Smokes, Joe Flacco. He's throwing to Anquan Bolden on third and six when Jamal Lewis gets two yards and two yards on first down and second down. <laughs> uh, so my team, I like Tim's team after this review. Uh, it's not much on offense, I'll admit. <laughs> Up front, we got the, the, the tandem of Edwin Mulatal and Mike Flynn, which they patrolled side by side for many a year, IRL. Uh, behind them, Vinny Testaverde <laughs> throwing to the likes of Tory Smith and checking down a lot, I would guess, to uh, Ray Rice out of the backfield. Um, but the defense is, I think, where obviously my team shines. You have Terrell Suggs and Haloti Nada on the defensive line and, you know, next to each other uh, up front, as they were for many years um, with the Ravens. And then uh, in the back, we have Ed Reed and Chris McAllister side-by-side side, as they were for many years on the Ravens <laughs> in real life. Um, so we're not going to score much, but I, 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 I think it's a, a stingy a stingy squad. So for the listener, we're going to post these uh, these rosters on Twitter, but feel free to uh, to email us, tweet at us, podlikearaven at gmail.com or at podlikearaven on Twitter. Disagree with us. Tell us who you think should be going higher. The thought here is to just build out a team – and then the rest of the roster, let's pretend, are all just average, run-of-the-mill football players. So which roster do you like the most? Which team's identity uh, is better than mine? And the answer to that is both Tim and Jace's teams. Um, and let us know what you think of, uh, of the rosters, and feel free to draft your own, uh, your own top guys, how they should look, but be a little fair because you have to draft against other people. Uh, guys, any other thoughts on, uh, on the rosters here before we go to Tim for the Random Raven? Uh, not to toot my own horn, I agree with Jace. I really like my team. <laughs> yeah, it, it, this whole exercise is just you know a, a, a real reminder of you know the the history of the Ravens. We mentioned only four times have they been in the top ten in yards uh, on offense, but I believe they've been in the uh, seventeen times as they've been in the top ten in yards against uh, on defense. Um, and you look at just some of the names, you know, we didn't pick from running backs, some of the names I jotted down, Willis McGahee, Priest Holmes, the Gus Bus, Justin Forsett, Chester Taylor, you know, Laurent McLean, quarterback, we're looking at like Steve McNair, Trent Dilfer, we mentioned Steve Smith, Mark Andrews, I thought at least deserved a spot probably in the discussion, he's already fourth all time in reception touchdowns for the Ravens, your Dennis Pitt is Shannon Sharps, a lot of tight ends, um... But the defense is just where it shines so much. You know, guys we didn't really even mention. Jimmy Smith, 10-year vet. And, oh, current guys on the team, Jimmy Smith, Brandon Williams. Uh, we mentioned Tony Saragosa, Rob Burnett, guys like Rod Woodson, Jimmy Sharper, Dwayne Starks. And then another guy I want to just shout out because he's high on all these lists of games played and interceptions, Lardarius Webb. Uh, perhaps one of the more notable guys that didn't make the list. But, uh, you know... That's, that's a pretty solid lineup of guys who didn't make our list. So this, there's no question the Ravens are a uh, defensive franchise. 
Tim, why don't you uh, read through those random Raven clues one more time, and we're going to get on out of here. All right, yeah, let's do this quickly, because, of course, when we do... When we reminisce, that's when we talk the most. Uh, so clue number one, this player was drafted in the first round in 1996. Clue number two, he spent his first 12 seasons with a current division rival, making four Pro Bowls and three first-team All-Pro teams. Clue number three, he spent one lone season with the Ravens in 2008, starting 11 games in the team's run to the AFC Championship. He retired after the season. Clue number four, he sur- only surrendered 16 sacks in his 13-year career and did not give up a sack between 1999 and 2001. And clue number five, he wore the number 71 in his first 12 seasons, but switched to 79 for his run in Baltimore. And clue number six, bonus clue provided by Jay Evans. Yeah, the division rival he played for uh, was pretty awful back then and continues to be. <laughs> Any uh, guess, Antonio, or you want me well, to? Well, I have a guess this? or two, but I do not have confidence in it. So I'm going to let, uh, Jason, I'm going to let you take this. Well, go go first. Go first, Antonio. Who do you think? I won't say anything. Just... Well, it's it's incorrect because the years don't match. Like, they can't possibly match up. I was going to say Orlando Brown, the elder, but then I, there's no way that his son is playing on the team within, <laughs> within like, ten years. So that can't be right. So, uh... Yeah, I, I'm I'm blanking, and I don't even know the the rival. I'm not even sure what the team, the rival team is. Well, the rival, I believe, is the Cincinnati Bengals, commonly referred to in this area or in this era as the Bungles. Um, and I believe this era, to be, this era, by well, the way, <laughs> especially that era, but kind of all the time. <laughs> uh, but I believe this to be uh, offensive tackle Willie Anderson. It is Willie Anderson. Oh, man, what Him. a random raven. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. What threw me off is I didn't know he was that good. Like, the three-time All-Pro was not a thing I was expecting. <laughs> he was dominant for a while. He was, like, their best player on that on those Bengals teams for a long time. Went 10th overall. Um, always had the weird face mask. Like the really thick bars on the face mask, if you remember. That's what I remember most. But yeah, Willie Anderson, who started at right tackle for 11 games for those Ravens. That is fantastic. And Jace, great pull. Great pull. <laughs> okay. um, all right, that's going to do it for us, guys. Again, check out uh, our Twitter at Pod Like a Raven to see how these rosters uh, shook up and, and let us know what you think about them. We will be back in two weeks to talk more Ravens, more NFL. For Jace Evans and Tim Horsey, I am Antonio Barbera. Thank you for listening to us at Pod Like a Raven. We will see you in two weeks. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. 
Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.